Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Angel Stadium in LA. It's the Indians 6, the LA Angels 5. The Indians snapped that losing streak and they actually moved up a game on the White Sox last night. They're only two and a half back in the Central still after that big four game losing streak. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And boy, with the storylines from yesterday's game, we talked about it with the Indians uh, on Monday's game, right? Live by the home run, die by the home run. The Indians put up three home runs in that game, but they're all solo shots. Well, today, well, last night, the Angels, this time it's the Angels that put up three home runs, and they come away with a loss. However, not all their home runs were solo home runs. Upton does have a big three-run home run to get the Angels back in the game. However, you would think three home runs would be enough to win a baseball game. Not so. The Indians actually, that five-run rally, that hustle by Eddie Rosario actually makes the difference yesterday. And the Indians are able to come away with the 6-5 win despite giving up the three home runs. All right, so let's get into it. How did it all go down? Well, the Indians put together a ridiculous five-run first inning. I mean, it was a sight to behold. Uh, it starts off starts off with Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez coming through with a big home run to left center field. Brings in Ahmed Rosario, who had singled right back up the middle to start the game. Let's go to this matchup between Jose Ramirez and a starting pitcher, Andrew Heaney. Um, he threw him fastballs, man. Jose Ramirez loves himself a fastball. He had already swung through a fastball that was in. He had fouled off another one. Uh, he had fouled off the fifth pitch was a fastball. He had laid off some changeups. He had laid off a curveball in the dirt, and he gets another fastball. This time down, but uh, Jose Ramirez definitely likes fastballs down. Hits at 108.9 miles per hour, 25-degree launch angle, 429 feet into left center field. A monster shot from Jose Ramirez. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you wanted to see two of the best hitters in baseball battle it out in this series, Otani and Jose Ramirez are definitely doing that right now. But the Indians were not done because the big play, the big play for Mil Reyes walks, then uh, Eddie Rosario ends up doubling to, uh, to center field. Reyes goes to third, and that sets up Harold Ramirez. Uh, Harold Ramirez ends up grounding a ball to second that Goslin cannot come up with. And for Mil Reyes is able to come in and score. For some reason, Goslin decides to flip the ball to second base, even though nobody's going that way. And Eddie Rosario takes two steps around third base and just goes and just books it for home. An incredible read by Rosario. He beats the throw home by at least a step or two. It was one of those moments where you cannot hesitate. You cannot think about it. You just have to go. You absolutely, it, it only works. It only works because you have zero hesitation in your heart. You have 
full confidence. You look and say, man, home plate is just, it's like 10 steps away. And those guys are absolutely not thinking that I am going to go. And I'm off. It's the only way something like that works. The best example of it, the absolute best example, is when Kenny Lofton, years ago, was at 95, when he scores from second base against Randy Johnson and the Seattle Mariners in the ALCS. Uh, It was the pass ball that got past the catcher. The runner from third comes in to score, and Kenny Lofton comes flying around third base. Again, zero hesitation and scores and beats the throw back to the pitcher. That's the best example of it, right? You, you'll never see a more aggressive play than what Kenny Lofton did in the playoffs that year. And uh, it was shades of it here from Eddie Rosario. Obviously a different situation. That was a ball that went to a backstop. This was a ball that they were just kicking around on the infield. And they were just being lazy with. I mean, Gosling was obviously frustrated with himself that he makes the error. Uh, that lets a run come in to score. So, he I don't know, he wants to get the ball out of his hand. He, he wants to get it into somebody else's hand so he doesn't have to think about it. And he ends up flipping to second base. And on that flip, Eddie Rosario takes advantage. So, I mean, that was a huge, huge run for the Indians. They would actually put another one across after Josh Naylor singles. Yu Chang gets a sack fly to right field. Harold Ramirez is able to come in and score. Austin Hedges would pop out to end that inning. So the Indians would bat around in the first inning. That's incredible. Uh, I don't remember many times that the Indians have gone all the way through the lineup so far this season. So, uh, yeah, that would be huge because, like I said, Otani is battling with uh, Jose Ramirez right now, and he homers. uh, He smokes one to dead center field. Let's go to the matchup on that one and see what Plesak threw him. Because uh, Plesak was locked in for the night. He threw his fastball a ton. And that's what he threw him. He threw him two fastballs. Threw a fastball low for ball one. Threw another one up over the plate where he can extend his hands. And he hits at 111.9 miles per hour. 31 degree launch angle. 440 feet to dead center field. And uh, yeah, Otani... Man, that guy can just unload on a baseball. Absolutely. And the Indians were scared to pitch him all night. He's able to single up the middle on another outside pitch later in the game. And we intentionally walk him late in the game so that we don't have to face him. And with Trout out, uh, it really puts a lot of pressure on Otani. Uh, I guess that's some big news, right? Trout being out for a few weeks. Uh, just Was it popped a calf or a hamstring? I can't remember. One of the lower leg muscles just popped on him uh, running between bases. Uh, you know, one of those things. Uh, a non-contact injury, as they call it. So, yeah, so Otani unloads, and this is what would happen. Uh, everybody was hitting the ball hard last night. Uh, that is kind of the, the side of this storyline, is that everybody from both teams was hitting the ball hard last night. The, uh, the Indians pitching gave up 11 hard-hit balls, The Angels pitching gave up 17 hard-hit balls. 17 with an exit velocity over 95 miles per hour. And uh, Jared Walsh's ground out actually led uh, the game with 112 mile per hour exit velocity. Then would be the three home runs from Shohei Otani, Jose Ramirez, Justin Upton's big three-run home run, which I think surprised Plesak. 
I knew he knew he was in trouble in that inning, but I didn't think he thought he would give up a three-run home run. You could see the look on his face when Upton tags it, where he's like, he's thinking to himself, okay, I can get out of this, and suddenly it goes to, oh my God, I've just let them back in the game. Uh, Fermil Reyes' single was at 104.7. Fermil Reyes' ground out in the fifth was at 103.9. Uh, Ahmed Rosario's single in the first was at 103. Eddie Rosario's lineout. So a lot of outs were made. There were a lot of loud outs. Uh, Eddie Rosario's lineout, Phil Goslin's lineout, Josh Naylor's ground out were all over 102 miles per hour. Uh, the other ones over 100 miles per hour was Eddie Rosario's double in the first and Josh Naylor's home run in the eighth, which, believe me, we are about to get to. So uh, the Indians run with a 6-4 to four lead, a 5-4 to four lead. Sorry, the Indians run with a 5-4 to four lead for a long time into the seventh inning. The Indians' bats actually cool off in this game. They end up with six hits in the first two innings. They're not able to uh, to score a run in the second inning despite two singles. Uh, Eddie Rosario grounds out to end that threat. And then they only get two hits. Only get two hits for the rest of the game. In the seventh inning, there was a single from Cesar Hernandez and Fermil Reyes. After they walk Jose Ramirez, Fermil Reyes ends up grounding into a double play on a very disappointing at-bat. First swing pitching. And he grounds into a double play. That was incredibly disappointing from Vermeil. And then in the eighth inning with two outs, Josh Naylor hits the big home run. Only two hits for the Indians after the second inning. It really slowed down for them because uh, the Angels brought Jamie Berea out of the bullpen and he just dominated for four innings. Just dominated. Gave up that one hit, that single. And uh, one walk, one strikeout just was in, you know, getting outs all over the place. And that dude has a huge ERA. He has a 10.5 ERA. He did give up four hard hit balls himself. But, yeah, he just dominated out of the bullpen for four innings and just quieted the Indians' bats. So this game stays 5-4 for a long time until Jose Iglesias? We gave up a home run to Jose Iglesias? Do you know what Jose Iglesias' career, like, home run numbers are? There is one outlying season. When he played in 2019 in Cincinnati, he hit 11 home runs. So if that says something about Great America Ballpark and how easy it is to hit home runs in Great America Ballpark, Jose Iglesias hit 11 that year. Okay, that is an outlier. I am taking that out. The most home runs he had would have been in the six in 2017 that he hit in Detroit. I mean, this guy averages, actually, I could do this. In, tw- in 10 seasons, boy, they're making the math really easy on me. In 10 seasons, he has 38 home runs. He averages 3.8 home runs a season. Well, he just hit his third uh, against us, and it's only May. So maybe Iglesias has figured something out about how to hit home runs late in his career. I mean, he's the definition of light-hitting defensive shortstop. Uh, hits for a decent average, but not much slugging. His career slugging is only 380. He's got a 698 OPS um, for his career. So, yeah, so <laughs> Iglesias, we give up a home run to Iglesias and to tie the game in the seventh. And I know that was probably disappointing for Plesek because he had been battling. He limited walks, 
he he strung together, you know, strung some hits together. He had given up four home runs already. He had four strikeouts, and it looked like he might get out of things, right? It looked like he might get out of that seventh inning uh, or might get deep enough into the game to give the Indians a win. And then he gives up the home run to lead off the seventh inning, and he's probably thinking to himself, I just lost my win. I worked so hard today, and I just lost my win. It did lead off the inning. Let's go to the matchup on that one and see what pitch Plesak threw to him. So he threw him two fastballs and then decided to go with a slider and just left it right down the middle of the plate. And uh, it was only a 97.1 mile per hour exit velocity, so not an incredibly hard hit home run. 382 feet to center field. Ready for this? Had an expected heading average of 110. Let me repeat that. A guy hit a home run. Jose Iglesias hit a home run that had an expecting bad average of 110. But Josh Naylor is able to come up and save things with two outs uh, facing Alex Claudio. Uh, Claudio, after giving up a hard hit ball to Harold Ramirez in the at-bat before on three change-ups, Harold Ramirez goes down and uh, lines out to Justin Upton at 99.6 mile per hour exit velocity. That had an expected batting average of 480, but it was an out. The next batter, Josh Naylor, throws him a slider for a called strike, then tries to mix it up with a changeup, and Naylor was ready for it. And he hits it 100.7 miles per hour, 38-degree launch angle. That is a high launch angle. It ends up hitting it off, off the LED board, which... You know, in Cleveland, that would have been a double off the wall, right? But the Angels, the way their ballpark is built, that yellow line is below the scoreboard. If you do that in Cleveland, you know, in the 19-foot wall in left field, and you hit that LED scoreboard, you're going for a double or a triple maybe. In uh, in LA, they have the yellow line behind, below it at a normal height for an outfield wall. So his ball hits off that scoreboard, and it goes for a home run. That had an expected batting average of 230. So Harold Ramirez's hard lineout had a better expected batting average than the two home runs that sandwiched it. That's incredible, right? That shows you uh, maybe the luck involved with home runs, right? I mean, how many different ballparks is 372 feet a flyout? In Cleveland, it might be a flyout. You know, I've definitely in Detroit, it's a flyout. Um, so, yeah, so, man, there is a little bit of luck when it comes to home runs. When you got to put it in the right part of the park. You got to know the park you're playing in and what you got to do to get it out. So, huge home run for Josh Naylor. And uh, he's having himself he's having himself a different season. I know it's a little bit streaky. I know it's a little bit wild. He's hitting 265 with a 731 OPS. In the uh, in the you know the comeback of the year of the pitcher that's actually not terrible, so uh, Naylor gets the big hit. Uh, talking about pitching, uh, Plesac through his which is our next storyline. I mean, Plesac versus the Angels bullpen again through a ton of fastballs, fifty fastballs he threw on the day. He had sixteen called strikes, so when they weren't swinging, he had eighteen swings, only four whiffs. But 16 called strikes on his fastball, which is a good for a 40% CSW. Uh, CSW overall in the day was 35%. 
which is pretty good. Now, the interesting thing here with the pitching, and we're going over to the illustrator, and he did have a plan. His fastball, he was definitely attacking the right side of the plate. There's two distinct clusters, one in the zone, one just off the zone, but definitely attacking the right side of the plate, again, from the catcher's view uh, with his fastball. And then this is what I love to see, two different breaks with his changeup and his slider. The slider is breaking down into the right. This changeup is breaking down into the left, probably straight down. And the curveball kind of bounces uh, all over the place, keeping the curveball down. That's That seems to be really effective when pitchers can do this. When that changeup and that slider or that changeup and that curveball have different profiles, break to different sides of the plate, you can really dominate the strike zone. If Plesak was in the strike zone a ton yesterday, there are a lot of pitches in that strike zone from him. Uh, this is the interesting part, though. If I change it up to uh, pitch description and I add the uh, qualifier of just called strikes, there are a ton, a ton of called strikes off the right side of the plate. Brian Shaw got one. Karinchek got one. Indians pitching on a total. I think there's like 10 pitches that you would probably consider off the plate. Not strikes that were called strikes. These aren't swinging strikes. These are called strikes yesterday. A huge grouping of them from top to bottom of the strike zone. It's not like that for the Angels. The Angels have one. The Angels have one called strike off the right side of the plate. Now, maybe that just wasn't the plan of the attack. Maybe the Angels pitching were attacking the other side of the plate. But the ump last night definitely did not give anything. Actually, he gave a couple to the Indians pitching. He gave, he gave one to the Indians pitching. He did not give much on the left edge of the plate, but he was giving a ton on the right edge of the plate. And the Indians pitching definitely took advantage of it. So that, man, sometimes, sometimes the illustrator is just a big blob of dots. Sometimes the illustrator definitely shows you something from the game. And this pitch clustering of pitches off the strike zone on the right side of the plate, that definitely shows me something. All right, the other big story. That's the game. That's the big story of the game yesterday. Shaw is great out of the bullpen. He holds it down in the eighth inning with two big strikeouts. And then Karinczak comes in, does give up a walk, but gets a strikeout. And Karinczak gets the save. Not Klasse, Karinczak gets the save in the ninth inning. He's got his ERA down to 0.49. MVP for the day, I got to go with Josh Naylor. He has the go-ahead home run, so I'm giving Josh Naylor MVP for the day. It's a big hit. Uh, The other big MLB news, the Mariners. The Mariners get no hit again for the second time this season. The Mariners go down in a span of 13 days. They also got hit by the Orioles and John Means 13 days ago. So uh, Spencer Turnbull for the uh, Tigers does it. It's the first one for the Tigers since I think 2011 when Verlander did it. I'm telling you, it's the year of the pitcher take two. Another no-hitter and another team's second no-hit. Now the Mariners are sitting in that precarious position that the Indians were in where They can get no hit three times in a season and set that major league record. That's not a good place to be in. The other big news, uh, Jimenez got sent down. And uh, Giancarlos Mejia got called up from AAA. Jimenez is scuffling a little bit. Mejia 
probably is going to get a start. Probably is going to get a start here. Uh, they're wondering if Henches might get sent down once we get back to Cleveland and if it's time for Owen Miller to come up, right? There's no hitter at AAA right now that deserves a call up more than Owen Miller. He was hitting like 500 or something like that uh, at least halfway through yesterday's game. So what is the scouting report on Giancarlos Mejia? Right-handed pitcher, 6'4", 240 pounds. I'm looking at prospectslive.com, which had some good breakdowns on the different prospects. Uh, some of the other ones, Baseball America and some of the other common ones, didn't wouldn't give me a scouting report, so they're behind paywalls and stuff like that. And he's not in the top 30 on MLB.com. He's actually the 35th ranked prospect, according to Prospects Live. They've got his fastball at a 50 grade. Remember on that 20 to 80 grading scale, they've got his curveball at a 50. They've got his changeup at a 45. They got his control and his command at a 60 and 55, which is pretty good. Just to give you a little bit of a balance there, they've got Logan Allen's com- control and command at a 35 and 30. So we've seen what how Logan Allen struggles with command. Yeah, that's what the scouting report says. This guy has command. He throws the fastball in the low to mid-90s. Um, he's got a bit of a three-quarters delivery, uh, which helps the slider. They say the slider breaks from 2 to 7. Think of a clock. 2 o'clock to 7 o'clock is the break on a slider, so he gets a lot of swing over his slider. They say he's still working on his changeup. They say he's still working on locating the changeup, but it comes in at 79 to 81, which is a good separation in velocity from his fastball, right? being down almost 10, 12 miles per hour from his fastball. So they say he's got great command, and yeah, he's someone that was put on the 40-man roster uh, back in 2019 to protect him in that Rule 5 draft. He's someone the Indians did not want to give up. He's someone that was signed. He was a he was a young international signing. He signed when he was like 17 years old out of the Dominican and has been in the Indian system for a long time, playing Dominican League ball for the Indians when he was really young, when he was a teenager, so, yeah, it's been a long time coming from Giancarlos Mejia, and he's only 24 years old. So, will he get a start in uh, in Hench's spot next time through the rotation? We'll see. Maybe McKenzie's spot. Uh, it's, so, at one point, he was lined up with Hench's in that sort of fifth starter spot in AAA. They actually pushed him back a day in AAA, so he would stay in line with the fifth starter for the Indians and uh, be ready to be called up in this situation. So, That's the big Indians news. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from California. It's the Indians 6, the Angels 5. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the finale of this series. It is going to be Savali going against Otani. We are going to get to see Otani pitch now, and that is going to be a fun game. It's at 8 o'clock start, a little bit earlier out there in LA for us. Uh, so get ready for that. So thanks again for joining me. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barrios. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts and have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.